Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're talking Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, as it turns 50 years old. So, joining us to review this uh, childhood classic from 1968, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and somebody who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and returning to the podcast, it's Chris Buckle. Hello. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, quite well, actually. And just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? I'm Chris Buckle. I am a student at Murdoch University slash a supplementary member of the theatre community there. Uh, I study philosophy mainly and I've just finished my honours, so I'm enjoying some time off. Excellent. And you have not seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, I have not. Uh... What vaguely comes to mind when I think about it is that there's a car and mm-hmm. I think there's a song that they have to sing when they're in the car. That, that's a good start. Yep. yep. <laughs> but both it. those things sound right. Uh, <laughs> to tell us about other things that are in the film, we have our guest who has seen the film, Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for having me on again. Well, uh, you, were, you were very forward in wanting to be I on this one. I am so excited to be on this one. <laughs> I, um, was, I knew it was turning 50. I'm like, Stephen, we have to do this. Yes. What about, um, what about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang um, is it that you really enjoy? I think just because it's so close to Mary Poppins, and Mary Poppins is my absolute favourite movie of all time. Mm. And this has a lot of the same production team, and I love the music, I love the costumes, I love the choreography, I love Sally Ann Howes. It's just it's such a wonderful light-hearted romp you don't have to think too hard when you're watching it and I think it's it's a really nice um light-hearted kids musical without the sort of the emotional depth of Mary Poppins so mm. when you're not feeling like too much of a heart tugger this is a good one to to watch excellent and how many times do you think you've watched this film uh <laughs> okay so just to give you an idea my younger brother is named after the the small boy, boy child in this film right that's how many times we've watched this film. okay <laughs> to the point where they're naming themselves after it well um that's very exciting i personally i watched this when i was a child a couple of times and i do not remember a lot of it i'll, I'll be honest mm. I, I i think that bed knobs and broomsticks and mary poppins are kind mm. of all in the same memory yeah for me and that makes sense because they are all very similar yeah. kind of films yeah. yeah so um it'll be interesting to see watching this which bits i'm able to go oh that was this film mm. um and i'm also very excited to see uh benny hill is in this as well yes, so yes. i'm curious to see um 
what he's like because I have no memory of him being in this film at all. <laughs> Probably because as a child I didn't watch the Benny Hill show yeah, because exactly. I had responsible parents. Uh, so uh, with that being the case, should we just jump straight into it? Yeah, let's yeah? go for it. Okay, for those of you at home, pop in your DVDs and watch out for the child catcher as we prepare to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. While Stephen and his guests are watching the film in question, I'm just going to take this moment to tell you about another project from Thought Jar Productions. It's a science fiction radio play series called Atlantis, and it's available to download right now. All you have to do is go to www.atlantisradioplay.com, click the Listen Online tab, and you can listen online or download up to seven episodes of original science fiction content from Thought Jar Productions. That's AtlantisRadioPlay.com. And now, back to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And why we, of course, uh, I mean Mr. Chris Buckle. Hello. And Dr. Carmen Doley. Hello. Chris, that was your first time watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Sure was. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, an enjoyable film. And uh, I've not seen either Mary Poppins or Bedknobs <gasps> and Broomsticks. Oh, Chris. Um, so oh, this was, I guess, my first. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of the old sort of classic musical mm. films and stuff mm. like that because, um, well, I was the last of four children. So by the time I came around, everyone was all right. We don't really want to watch kids no, things we're a bit anymore. Sick of that. Yeah. We're moving on more to just watching Monty Python and Blackadder and Red yeah. Dwarf. And so we're just going to start you off with all of that. Well, that's still a so, reasonably good upbringing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it was not stuff for choice. But I didn't get a lot of like the Disney films mm. or the um, musicals like uh, these ones. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought, yeah, there were some uh, funny moments where I guess, yeah, just yeah, when you're watching any sort of old film where it just shows its era and shows mm. the sort of time that it came from. Um, and you think, oh, oh, we, we, I don't think we would show that anymore. I'm curious days, what, think... what, what in particular. Uh, the, uh, um, there's one or two that jumped to my mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, a lot of just the incredibly unsafe things. Uh, mm-hmm. um uh, the very uh, lecherous child stealer. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> strange. And um, just the, the general uh, plot point of um, Miss Scrumptious, mm-hmm. where she was uh, like, um, oh, great, I have found this man so I can stop my life now and start dreaming, finally. Mm-hmm. I personally uh, would be very surprised if any film involved a Grandpa Potts character calling the enemy Fuzzy Wuzzies. Um, oh, that yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That one was a very... Um, that one I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this this film came out in the 60s. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carmen, uh, what did you think of it this time watching it? As someone who, who watched it so much in their, in their youth and indeed continuously, this was your mm. Blu-ray we watched. Um, how was it on this view? I mean, it was. This is the first time we watched it on that Blu-ray, which has a, a better definition than the DVD I used to have. I think the thing is, the one of the reasons I enjoy it is because every time I watch it, there's always some kind of new detail or some kind of mm-hmm. little bit that I pick up again that I've never noticed before. So this time it was, you know, he opens up the engine when he first gets the car, and there's like hay sitting in the engine, like <laughs> just that kind of stuff. Like those little details that you might miss 
you know, after yeah. 100 viewings, but then mm. you pick up the next time. It's it's enjoyable for that reason. I mean, it is a long film. It is a long film. And there is film, a lot in there. Yeah. Like, for, for a film that's almost three hours, it feels like there's more than that amount of content in there, just because yeah. it's... This might be the strangest film I think we've reviewed so far. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're getting close to 100 episodes at this stage. <laughs> and it was just so much more bizarre than I remember. Um, yeah. The first half of the film, I felt, oh, no, this is good. This is like a proper classic. It was very evocative of something like Oliver, which came out that same year. Mm. It had mm. a really sort of strong Mary Poppins vibe, uh, obviously without the animation crossover. Mm. Um, and then as soon as they get to the beach and as soon as the Vulgarians turn up, it just turns into like a rejected Monty Python yeah, film. Yeah, it, it basically becomes the most Roald Dahl thing that ever mm. Roald dahl in the history of Roald Dahl to mm. me, you know. Yeah, and it's, um, it's, it's both brilliant and a bit dumb at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still struggling to decide whether I like that or not. Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting. Chris, obviously first time viewer, mm. um, this film takes a few turns here and there. Yes, it did. Um, did it did it throw you those turns, or were you able to go? Oh no, I, I get this film is is an absurdist masterpiece. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I didn't think coming into it, uh, as I said at the start of the show, um, I, I basically I had some idea that there was a car mm. and some singing, mm. and that was about it, um, and Dick Van Dyke, uh, and then. Yes, yeah, so I was just like, I'll, I'll go along for the ride. Um, and the first half was pretty much. Not, I mean, I didn't really have any expectations, but, you know, I guess you could say that was fairly sort of, I guess, yeah, typical, I, that's, yeah, typical storyline for what I was kind of expecting. And then the beach happened and, yeah, it just sort of went off from there. Yeah, but You, it, you it weren't expecting a Holocaust allegory. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, it didn't seem... Didn't make me. Th- it didn't throw me enough to make me think about it. To go, all right, hang on, what's going on here? How did we get to here? It was just mm. suddenly, mm. all right, cool. This is the next part of the adventure, and it was just, it was just, yeah, constantly being taken in their stride, and so I guess yeah. that makes the audience feel like, oh, okay, cool. We're yeah. just gonna go along with this. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, uh, I yeah, I like that. I thought mm. it gave it this, yeah, extra dimension of of, of wacky magic that mm. was fun. And I mean, I, I love this film, but, you know, mm. I'm the first to recognise the flaws in it. And I don't think the the plot is particularly strong because, you know, mm. a good 60% of this film is mm. a story within a story. And I feel that that's the, the film's biggest weakness. So, so when they adapted the mm. musical for the stage, you know, 15 years ago, one of the, the first things they did was get rid of that uh, story within, within the story device. So you see the villains right from the get-go and there's no kind of... So it just starts... Type from them uh, yeah. and, and Vulgaria. Yeah, well, it starts with the car races and mm. you see, like, the villains, you know, in the car races wanting wanting the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car, basically. Ah, um, so okay. it's the same kind of plot, but mm. it's not actually Dick Van Dyke telling the story. Yeah, it's kind of so, more streamlined. Yeah. I mean, the plot such that there is seems to be um, old race car is beloved by children, children's mm. crackpot inventor father mm. buys car, um turns car into um magical plot device <laughs> tells a really strange story on a beach marries someone they met two days ago yeah mm. yeah it's it's not a good story in any no. way shape or form but it's still a really enjoyable film yeah and um, i think mm. a lot of that is to do with the visual elements of mm. it as well and the jokes and the, mm. the writing you know not necessarily the plot but the the jokes that it puts in 
I yeah. think are a big strength. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's got great performers. I mean, obviously, Dick Van Dyke mm. is just phenomenal in this, mm. um, and it, it's interesting seeing him as the lead because he's not really the lead. He's not the lead of Mary Poppins. No, um, he feels very much like the, the the lead character in this as as Mister Potts, and he's just wonderful. He's just he is, he's, yeah. he's got a really commanding presence in this mm. film, and he's also very gentle as well. Like you really do feel that he's a father towards these children and that he cares about them very much he's he's just very genuine in that and mm. i feel like as as a child watching that like he's he's just very very believable and someone you really like as a child you know it's mm. just it's an it really seems mm. like an effortless performance which i think is what makes it so good mm. um mm. i mean yeah. Chris, would you agree mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, I would agree with all. Uh, he just has um, powerful uh, acting presence, and um, did yeah, he did. He did have that gentle uh, sort of father nature, I guess. But um, <laughs> at other t- times when I was watching that first half, I was just thinking that he was like uh, just one of like the sort of I guess uh, typical um, obsessed dad with something who just is like, oh, what? I still have kids around here. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you haven't grown up yet. Oh. Yeah. That's just true. sort of yeah. c- completely, constantly fa- forgetting about them or just being like, cool, my inventions. Yes. Oh, you can yeah. help me with that. There you are, kids. <laughs> but when you look at who his father is, yeah. Grandpa Yeah, Potts, that explains a lot It makes perfect well. sense. Grandpa Pops is so good. Africa. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. Lionel yeah. Je- Jeffries, just where are you going? I'm off to Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many actors in this film who are just chewing scenery mm. all over the place. Mm. There's the German spies. Yep. Oh, sorry, the Bulgarian spies. The Bulgarian spies, who obviously of aren't German. Um, there's there's Benny Hill as the toy maker, mm. who's a little understated, despite the yeah. fact that he's talking like this the whole time. <laughs> and no, you must come with me, children, and doing weird, exaggerated runs. But he's kind mm. of not even in the top ten weirdest characters. Yeah, he's this. really not. And there's one scene where he and Robert Helpman are, are standing there talking to each other, and you can see Benny Hill. Try not to laugh because Robert mm. Holtman's chewing the scenery. I mean, that's mm. uh, that's a big achievement in itself. And obviously, Robert Holtman, you know, uh, oh, he's so good. You know, uh, Australian actor. So we're obviously going to take a little bit of interest in him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. as the child catcher, ooh. Oh mm. yeah, I think that's um that's really up there as one of the top creepiest performances in the mm. UK, especially. Yeah. I mean, I know you were a bit creeped out by it chris <laughs> yeah that was uh i wasn't expecting because i obviously uh in in the pre-discussion there was a few you know oh wait till you see the child catcher and yeah. i was just like uh okay um but nope that that's a child catcher mm-hmm. uh that's yep mm, just mm. the nets yeah the lollipops the change of costume the the big cage yeah. the yeah. scythe the like, scythe, yeah, yeah, like just all a, these what, details. The scythe? he had a scythe i missed the scythe he was holding like a like a big um like almost more like a sickle, I guess. Mm. Um, like uh, you know, hand scythe. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. He's just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're called sickles, Stephen. Uh, you know, when he's, <laughs> yeah, he's just dragging that thing around mm. and just looking menacing, and it's mm. just wonderful. There is a bit of a discussion online about um, the child catcher actually, and how some people have critiqued it as being like an anti-Semitic stereotype with the big nose mm. and the greasy dark hair. I was a bit interested to see what you guys thought about that element of it didn't even cross my mind mm. yeah it no. hadn't crossed my mind until i read yeah no, it's certainly that online um certainly not to the extent of um the character of fagan yeah when we when we did oliver that one yeah. read much more um as, as though it had a, a sort of jewish background mm. to that character whereas um no I, I didn't get that at all from the child catcher yeah i mean i never had 
either but um you know that's something that i did read read when reading about this film Mm. um and i think it's interesting because raul dahl um you know does have that history of being anti-semitic and he said a Mm. lot of things that would not have been appropriate either then or now Mm. um and it's interesting you know in the context of this film because obviously this film is you know giving a big f you to hitler and nazi germany but at the same time I don't think that's an unfair critique. Like, it's mm. not something I would argue myself, but I think it's it's got merit yeah. to it. It is interesting that Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for this, but this is an, an Ian Fleming novel that it came from originally. So, you know... Really? Yeah, so, yeah, it's that's why it's a... It's, it's a James Bond car, technically, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. It's, um, you know... I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's... I didn't know Roald Dahl did the screenplay. Mm. Yeah, and this was, you know, he... Obviously, a lot of his works then started to be being made into films after this. Mm. You've got things like um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, and obviously, for every five years or so, we seem to get a new Roald Dahl film since yeah. then. So with Ian Fleming having written this book, this essentially, mm. you know, uh, children's book about this magical flying car, mm. it, it's interesting how little Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang is actually in this film. Yeah, yeah. that is true. That, yeah, that, that was... Um... I, I was expecting the song to be uh, sung a lot more than it was. You mean the, uh, hey, the chitty chitty bang bang, yeah. chitty chitty bang bang, we love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, um, and uh, yeah, and then just the car, is, I mean, it's still like the goal of everyone in part two, uh, mm. I guess. Uh, yeah. Like, like I mean, um, the Vulgarians are still after the car and they've, but they've just captured the children and then this is Dick Van Dyke trying to rescue their children. Um, yeah. But Alan and the grandpa. But um, yeah, no. It's, mm. Mm. it's almost like uh, Great Expectations when mm. you read that and um, getting into Dickens' note here. But, uh, mm. you know, Pip is obsessed with Estella and the whole book is spent basically rumin- ruminating about Estella. But Estella herself isn't in it very mm. much. And it's kind of the same with this. Everyone's ruminating about the car. Mm. You don't actually see the car very much. No, we um, see. We just see lots of people that really want it. We see, obviously, mm. uh, Baron Bomberst, who yes. is just this great big caricature going i want that flying car um i, I forgot to mention with the um scenery chewing uh baroness bombers oh she's mm. so good she's I love wonderful it. anna quayle who mm. plays her is just very funny you know this, this yeah. character that is afraid of children those shaking hands and just oh yeah my God, children when, when she faints it's brilliant the costumes mm. that she wears particularly the one where she gets like shot out the sky oh yeah it's so good um and and the quite risque dare i say um birthday thing suit thing yeah. she was wearing yeah, not, not an actual corset birthday suit. And tutu or whatever it is yeah, yeah. i was like that's might, might be for the dads. <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was a great sequence they had as well. Yeah. The two bombers dancing around. Um, yeah, this this film just has surprising moments everywhere. Mm. Um, the, you know, the bit where the blimp steals the shack that um, Grandpa yes. lives yeah. in uh, or spends time in. Um, <laughs> the bit with the hair cutting machine. Where, yeah. Oh, you know the I guy. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. with um, with Barbara Windsor. Yeah. Oh, you need a haircut, <laughs> Cyril. Cyril, you're smoking. <laughs> Oh, heads up for um, yeah, and so there's a whole funfair sequence yeah. um, mm. where he then does the the old bamboo. Mm. This film is <laughs> uh, this film is so strange. 
It's such mm. a weird film. It's yeah. it's so good in its weirdness. Though. Yeah, it's just there's not really many other films like it. Not mm. at all. No. It is it is almost like the it's almost like the mighty Boosh, but without deliberately doing it. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. just sort yeah. of goes where it wants to, and and makes no apologies, and just is like, yep, this is this yeah. is where we're going now, yeah. and this is all normal. Mm. Um, Carmen, do you have a favourite scene or routine or something from this film? A moment that for you is quintessentially Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, it's the doll on the music box bit. Mm. I love that bit. That I've was always really loved well. it. And mm. everyone who's listening, my next cosplay is going to be the doll on the music box, hopefully. I have the wig already. I'm working with a very, very talented cosplayer to get the dress Nice. Um, and I'm so excited. Excellent. Um, the, I love that scene. Yeah, of, so much. of the few scenes that I remembered of this film um, as a child, that scene is one of them. Mm. When when they, when they brought out the boxes at the birthday party, I went, mm. oh, I remember this bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's great. It's a great routine. Yeah. It's, it's then layered really well when you throw in Dick Van Dyke doing oh, his yeah, puppet so good. Yeah. character on top of it. Uh, Chris, for you, is there is there a bit of this um, film that stands out? I really liked uh, the um, the music box. That was that was lovely. But also, I guess one of the jokes that stood out for me was um, uh, when uh, Dick Van Dyke is um, walking uh, down the corridor during one of those bits, and he just hands the knight uh, the knight the suits one of the suits of armor <laughs> yes. the um the mace or something that he's holding. He's like, oh here, hold this, and they just. Yeah. Yeah, the, the knight just like randomly grabs yeah. this and is like, oh, yeah. thanks, suit of armor. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And you That's know what? At that nice point, touch. you're like, of course it did. Yeah. yeah. Of course yeah. it did. But it's just, here, hold this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, um, it's fun. It's weird. It's fun and it's weird. Yeah. That, that's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. Uh, Carmen, normally uh, you like to recommend a YouTube video that everyone should watch. Mm. Uh, what is this episode, if you have one? So this one, this video blew me away. It's from a channel called Rides with Chuck, which I understand goes and looks at weird and wonderful cars. There's a guy, uh, I think in the US, who has built his own Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car from wow. scratch and drives it around um, his neighborhood. Does it, does it work in the water? I, I don't the think air. they tried. Does it fly? Well, they didn't test that, but Stephen, he made it himself with okay. his bare hands. That's it's, fair. The mind boggles. It, my mind boggles mm-hmm. of what people can do. Mm. Um, and this is just, it's absolutely incredible. So do check it out. Okay. Yeah. What was the name of the channel again? Uh, Rides with Chuck. Rides with Chuck. Specifically, yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. Uh, with that being the case... Would you guys like some trivia about mm, uh, sure would, CCBB? Yes. Excellent. All right. In an interview during filming in October 1967, Dick Van Dyke revealed he only accepted the part of Mr. Potts, because I can't say that first name. <laughs> uh, is mm-hmm. it Karak... Karakticus? Karak... Caracatus? Caracticus. Caracticus, okay. He accepted the part of Mr. Potts on the condition <laughs> that he would not have to attempt an English accent. <laughs> Obviously, uh, his, his Cockney accent uh, in Mary Poppins is... Uh, is widely mocked. Yeah. Um, so to put in a bit of context here, Chris, mm. Mary Poppins came out in 64 and it was it was this huge financial hit where musicals were thought to be on the decline. And so suddenly movies like Mary Poppins became a very safe financial investment. So nice. this UK company said, mm. all right, we want to do a film that's going to generate a lot of money. We need something exactly like Mary Poppins. Yeah. So, you know, they've got Dick Van Dyke, they got the the same uh, music composers. They got the same guy who arranged the same music. They oh, got wow. uh, the same choreographers. Mm. Um, basically, it was you know a big Mary Poppins reunion, which is why this film is so similar to that. If you if you have watched it, mm. um, and do you have the bit about Sally Ann Howes on there as well? I do, but I'll let mm. you uh, throw it in if you'd like. 
Uh, yeah, so originally the, the part of Truly Scrumptious was offered to Julie Andrews, who mm. played Mary Poppins, um, and she turned it down, I think, because it was too similar to the roles that she had been doing. And so Sally Ann Howes, who had replaced Julie Andrews in My Fair Lady on Broadway, ended up getting the part instead. No. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really why they're so similar. Mm. Um, but she, she's very good. I love her. I yeah. love Sally Ann Howes. Um, she was actually, she was born into a showbiz uh, family and spent most of the 30s and 40s doing like child star roles in movies. Right. And then went on to um, act in the stage. And then uh, My Fair Lady on Broadway was her big break. And then... I don't think she did any other movie musicals. Mm. I think this was her big one, but she certainly did like a lot of movies in the 60s and 70s as well after this. Um, But yeah, she's just incredible. Like she's an incredibly talented dancer. You can see she's doing a lot of it Mm. in a corset Mm. and Mm. she still can do it. And she's just got this beautiful voice. I love her so much. The musical number Toot Sweets took three Mm. weeks to film and involved (laughs) 38 dancers, 40 singers, 85 musicians, and 100 dogs. Wow. I thought you were going to say one hungry dog. (laughs) There was clearly more than one hungry dog. Yeah, there was definitely more than one dog there. Yeah. That was a great sequence, though. Mm. um, I think that's my favourite bit of the film. Yeah. I I think the Toot Sweet sequence is so well executed. Yeah. It was a joy to watch. Mm. Yeah. Thinking back, oh, by the time you get to the end of the film, the to- and then you think back to like, yeah, something like the Toot Sweet sequence, yeah. that just seemed so long ago and yeah. in like a totally different film almost. Mm. Yeah, like, and it's reminded me, he had a dog called Edison, which was, I think there's a real case to be made like that Mr. Potts was Einstein. very, yeah, it was very inspirational for Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Yeah, Madcap inventor with a very similar breed of dog named after a famous uh, he's one, e-surnamed scientist. He's yeah. one head wound while fixing a clock away from uh, inventing time travel. Well, he did bang his head on the car. That's yeah. true. And he then Both built got magic he, cars. Magic cars that can fly. <gasps> oh, my oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same film. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta go back to Bulgaria, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> it's my kids, Marty. The Bulgarians have my kids. <laughs> uh, um, in an interview with Rosie O'Donnell, Sally Ann Howes reported that despite the difficulty of the choreography um, of the song "Doll on a Music Box," she managed to do it in one take. I love wow. her so much. That's mm. incredible. I love her so much. Because that, that there was really um, nicely done with all yeah. the, the uh, doll sounds. And, yeah, just mm. looking at it, it looks so difficult. Mm. And yeah, um, and she, and I mean, yeah, she looked pretty still when she was mm. just, uh, when she wasn't moving and that would have been itself massively difficult. Yeah. You know, 50 takes, it's still impressive. Yeah. So. But to do it in one is, yeah. wow. The current owner of the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car is director Peter Jackson. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, it could be seen, um, sorry, he could be seen near the Weta Workshop in New Zealand driving cast members of the Hobbit films in the car <laughs> whilst playing the theme song through the sound system. Because of course you would if you were in that car. Yeah. That's... It should be broken so that it can only play that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, well done, uh, Peter Jackson. And, um, you know, if I'm ever in town, yes, I yeah. will take a ride uh, <laughs> if, if you're offering. If you listen Not to the podcast. Not even if you're offering, we'll, we'll take a ride <laughs> That's anyway. true. Yeah. Um, according to Dick Van Dyke, the director of this film, Ken Hughes, hated children. And Van Dyke would often have to tell him to stop cursing in front of the child actors. <laughs> the, which, again, the child catcher makes so much sense. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we need more child catcher in this. Yeah. The child catcher comes into the film really late for what is a very yeah. iconic character mm. in this film. Mm, that is true. Yeah, I, was, I, I remember sitting there going, when is the child catcher going to turn up? I seem to remember them being a much bigger deal. Mm, mm. But there you go. 
Dick Van Dyke originally turned down the part repeatedly. Um, he, they kept offering it to him uh, with more money being added. When they eventually offered seven figures plus a percentage of the profits, he accepted. Oh, Jesus crazy. Christ. Mm. I think from memory, this film had a lot of merchandising tie-ins as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that was sort of um, before Dr. Doolittle sort of uh, stopped that market share for a bit. Mm. Um, and before Star Wars took it up again, it did have a lot of, you know, dolls and books and things as well. So he probably got a percentage of that. Mm. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He probably did well out of it. Mm. The castle, uh, Baron Bomber's castle, is... Um, I'm, no, I'm going to murder... Neuschwanstein? Yeah, I'm going to murder the pronunciation. <laughs> and Jason might tell me off. Uh, it's Neuschwanstein, uh, built between 1869 and 1886 for the Bavarian King Ludwig II. Uh, the castle is famously known as the model for both the Sleeping Beauty castle at Disneyland um, and mm. the Walt Disney Picture Studio logo. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not Fair actually enough. sure if they filmed inside it or not. I do mm. wonder that, actually. Mm. It um, did look like a set, I'll be, yeah. I'll be honest. I, yeah. I, yeah, looking at it, I wasn't... I wasn't assuming it was the castle. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I don't think Ludwig, uh, though he was uh, the Mad King, I don't think he had that many trapdoors for orphans to crawl around inside. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a fair point, yeah. yeah. I don't mm. think they would have wanted all that chocolate sauce and stuff on the floor of the Neuschwanstein no. castle as well. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, the film has a different story than the original book. Uh, the screen story was um, obviously the creation of Roald Dahl, um, who had also written the screen story for you only live twice so he'd literally just come off a james bond film <laughs> wow. um to to do this in fleming's chitty story it was about the potts family and their flying motor car rescuing a french candy maker and his family from ordinary gangsters led by joe the monster ordinary gang okay. I'm, I'm assuming that's a typo and it's meant to be bobster but it's written monster <laughs> joe the monster yeah um the story of vulgaria is entirely a dull creation um mm. and indeed the name of the character Truly Scrumptious was made up by Roald Dahl as an homage to Fleming's characters from the Bond films with names like Honey Rider and Pussy Galore. Yeah. Pussy went... Galore? Yeah, yeah, Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. <laughs> it's my accent. That's how we say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, the, the whole Vulgaria thing, I mean, it really does feel very dull, and especially when you look at the context of, you know, this is, what, 20 years out of World War Two. He mm. was a World War Two fighter pilot. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, to me nowadays, I don't know, Baron Bombers feels a bit more like a US politician <laughs> yeah. that shall remain nameless. Mm -hmm. But yeah, back in the, yeah, he, it was obviously, you know, very much a middle finger to, to Hitler and all that. Mm. And of course, um, another former James Bond actor in uh, the, the guy that played Goldfinger. Yeah, Jack Fromm. Mm, yeah. yeah. He, um, and in great form in his. Cause yeah. He's, he's wonderful. Another chewing the scenery yeah. performance, but oh, it's man. so good. So good. Phil Collins claims he was one of the children storming the castle at the end of the film. Yes, that Phil Collins, the one who's coming really? in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. Do, 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 do. Um, but he was edited out uh, of the film because he had a rather large and unsightly bandage on his head that was covering a cyst. A Aww. pussy cyst. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, so yeah, Phil Collins was almost in this film. Gross. Well, no, sorry, Phil Collins. Uh, I didn't mean to say you're gross, but... He's, he's yeah. an avid listener, so... Oh, yeah. sorry, Phil Collins. Yeah. My mum loves you. Robert Heltman took his top set of false teeth out to aid his gaunt, pinched face. Also helped produce the creepy voice that is a slight hiss when he speaks. He was actually really interesting. Um, you said Ken Hughes hated children. Uh, uh, ironically, Robert Heltman loved children and actually would, you know, give the kids, like, his fake nose to wear between takes and, you know, make them laugh and stuff. Um, yeah, as we said, he's an Australian, probably one of the first openly gay Australian celebrities as well. 
Um, mm. But for those international listeners who don't know, you know, in the US, the stage awards are called the Tony Awards. Here, um, for the Australian stage, our, our awards are actually called the Helpman Awards after mm. Robert Helpman. He's that, that big of an influence here in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, he's wonderful. Mm. I don't know who that Tony was, that the Tony's in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea, but Robert Helpman. Yeah, we know who way. that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, the film's main song was used as a wake-up call for Commander Pamela Melroy and the wow. Space Shuttle Discovery crew in 2007. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is... Uh... That's something to wake up to. I mean, yeah, you, you can imagine using that uh, on your way, flying into space with some G-Force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a nice one to imagine. I, I would probably rather the 2001 Space Odyssey soundtrack. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's one choice, yeah. Mm. This is like a chitty chitty bang bang of the next generation. Yeah. yeah. When they go to space. <laughs> yeah. A flying spaceship. <laughs> uh, Benny Hill was initially brought onto the project to rewrite some scenes at the request of Dick Van Dyke mm. and then ended up in the film because why not? You can sort of do an accent. Because Benny Hill. Yeah. 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 Wow. According to Dick Van Dyke, speaking on a chat show in 2009, he said he was called into producer Albert Broccoli's office one day and offered the role of James Bond. Van Dyke declined, asking if uh, Mr. Broccoli had heard his British accent, to which he subsequently quipped, yep, okay, yep, that's fair, and uh, rescinded the offer. <laughs> his name was Mr. Broccoli, to be fair. Yeah. I still, Broccoli. It's still great. Mr. Broccoli wants to see ya. <laughs> and to finish, uh, in his book, Keep Moving, Dick Van Dyke mentioned that during the Toot Sweet segment at 40 years old, he'd never bothered to warm up for a dance number. <laughs> during filming, he felt something pop in his leg and thought he'd pulled a muscle. Soon after, he couldn't walk without limping, so he went to the doctor, who told him his whole body was full of arthritis, and in wow. five years, he wouldn't be able to walk without a cane or a wheelchair. Van Dyke responded to this prognosis by jumping up and dancing, to the astonishment of the doctor. <laughs> I'm worried about the prognosis of your body is full of arthritis. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's a, a pretty questionable doctor. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not a good prognosis to give to anyone, to and be honest, also even given the, the fact, Yeah, given the fact that we know that Dick Van Dyke um, is about to appear in the new Mary Poppins yeah, film at true. the age of 91. Yeah. Yeah, that doctor kind of got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, he did, in fairness, he did struggle with this film quite a bit. You know, the um, the old bamboo number, there's one shot where, you know, there's a bunch of dancers in the background dancing. Mm. Um, mm. And he was supposed to be in the front dancing with them, but he just couldn't keep up. And so he just ran out of shot. Um, and all those dancers were, you know, half his age. He mm. was really struggling. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I still think you don't really notice. No. You know? he's, no. he's deliberately dancing, you know, ha a half a beat behind everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was a choice or like because he had just gone out with them and wasn't yeah. maybe... Well, I mean, that, that bit was a choice. I think you have to be an yeah. amazing dancer to make it look like you're dancing yeah. bad. But Absolutely. still be dancing. That too. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's just great to watch. Yeah. Um, mm. And to be honest, this whole film was great to watch. Yeah. Even though it's completely mad. I think this was possibly one of my first, one of the first Dick Van Dyke films I've seen. Wow, and what did maybe? you think of Dick Van Dyke? Um, before this or after this? After this. Uh, yeah, uh, he seemed yeah like like an amazing performer, splendidly mad. Yep. But that you know yeah uh, uh, yeah eccentric sort of yeah splendidly yeah. mad. I like that better. Um, and just yeah one of those great madcap characters who can just take the whole uh, audience on this journey with them and mm. and you know sweep up the other characters who are living humdrum lives and go out into this insane uh, adventure. Yeah. I mean, this really is, you know, his movie. It's, it's very mm. much a star vehicle for him. But you're right. I think it's, um, he does a really wonderful job of pulling it off. 
let's score the film. Chris, you've met Dick Van Dyke. You've met Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What score would you give it out of 10? Ooh, um, I would give it uh, probably six and a half. Though I want to say seven, but I'm going to say six and a half. Um, but I want to say seven. Chitty Chitties <laughs> out of 10 Bang Bangs. Excellent. Oh, very nice. Nice scoring yeah. system. Carmen, what are you giving the film? Um, I am going to give the film seven ruined dinner plates because you put a flame underneath <laughs> out of 10. Yeah, I love that Rube yep. Goldberg machine. <laughs> yeah, that was so any, cool. Any film with a Rube Goldberg machine, I'm instantly more interested in. <laughs> um, and yeah, those plates would have been ruined. There was a lot oh, of, there was, I know there's a lot of unsound logic in the film, but their heat transfer all yeah. yeah. was just shocking. And you also only have one teacup after that dance routine. That's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Every day. Dad, you broke another three cups. So your brother you said before is now named after Jeremy. Correct, yes. Yeah. So um, were any of your other family members named after characters from this film? Uh, aside from my weird cousin Chitty, no. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what had happened is my sister and I used to watch this film a lot. And my mother was pregnant with our brother. And uh, we said to her, oh, you know, if it turns out we have a brother, can we name him Jeremy? And my mum was convinced she was having another daughter. So she was like, oh, yeah, whatever, fine, okay. And... Surprise, surprise, uh, turned out to be a boy. So she was like, well, I, I promised them and we don't have any other names. So Jeremy it is. And Excellent. Yeah. It's a very Sorry, s- Jeremy. It's a, it's, a, it's a very similar story to how I was named, actually, as really? well. But with Back to the Future and my brothers and, and um, sisters watching that uh-huh. a lot. And so when I was born, they, they called you Doc. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Oh, so, oh yeah. that's so awesome. Is your middle name Lloyd then? Yes. Is it really? Yeah. Are you Christopher Lloyd Buckle? Yeah, I am. Christopher Lloyd Buckle? That is amazing. That is the best thing I have heard all day. And I've heard some great things in this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Mind blown. Well, uh, for me, the score, I'd give it, I enjoyed it. It's bizarre. I do like bizarre films, but I I do feel as though the the story within the story really is a real issue, I think, with this thing. Even though it's very clearly communicated, I did sit there at times... As the madness was happening, just going, what is the point of all this to a, mm. to, a, to an extent? Mm. Uh, it, but it's fun. It's a, it would have been an amazing film fifty years ago to go and see in the cinema. It still visually holds up. Yes, um, which is which is pretty great. Um, so I would give it. I'm, I'm going to give it six and a half. Uh, extremely leaky roofs <laughs> out of out of 10 i love that shot of just mm, grandpa in the bed holding up an umbrella because there's water waterfall just, just falling on him yeah. oh it was beautiful uh well that brings us to an end of this episode of the cinema catch-up club so uh carmen and christopher lloyd buckle thank you very much for joining me on this podcast thank, thank you for having us yeah thanks for having me and thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to find out more information, we're available on Facebook. Just go to the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Just search for it. You'll find us. If you want to subscribe, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, any other podcasting or podcatching service. And of course, we're on Patreon. Just search for patreon.com forward slash podcast, where you can become an official member of the club. But that's all for this week. So until next time, I'm off to India. <laughs> Goodbye. Walks into the shed, closes the door. <laughs> I'm being stolen by a by a Bulgarian blimp. Ah! Bye, Stephen.
You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. I mean, those German spies, they were weird. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Everything was weird. Everything was weird. The little Napoleon hat-wearing guy. Yeah. You forget so the, much. The, the because... invisible pool table. Yeah, oh, the, and yeah, the tiny pool table. Yeah, the, the one... The, the six... Um, the six long-haired inventors that yeah. have been trapped there. The purple wine down the lady's top. <sighs> yeah. yeah. The really bad. purple cake. Mm. What a batshit crazy <laughs> film. Yeah, that was. Oh, man. When you think about it, it just gets weirder because you remember all the little bits from it that have been along the way i mean we did joke about grandpa having an acid trip and then he he drops some acid and then goes and stands in that cupboard pretending he goes to these places has a quiet sit meditation that makes more sense in this film it does i'm worried that you laced uh the dinner we had tonight with some (laughs) sort of um hallucinogenic yes you found out my evil plot